In the name of Christ, who through the cross has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. The passage of scripture that we will use to meditate upon the Holy Cross today is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. The columnist Dan Safarik tells the story of a Jewish boy who was having a lot of problems in school with his peers, with the teachers, with his grades. And his parents were very concerned about this and wanted to do something to turn the situation around. And so they investigated other schools in which they might enroll their son. And although they were obviously Jewish, they became impressed with a Roman Catholic school which had a good reputation academically, but especially in terms of its discipline. They hoped that this might help turn him around in terms of his behavior. And so they enrolled this Jewish boy in the Roman Catholic school. But they warned him before he went in. They said, this school practices some strict discipline. You will be accountable for your behavior. Well, the parents' hopes were realized. In almost dramatic fashion, this boy's behavior turned around. He got along with his classmates. He was respectful to his teachers. His grades began to improve significantly. And they were very pleased, his parents. So after a couple of weeks, they asked him, well, what has made the difference here? Why? Has your behavior improved so much after attending this Catholic school? To which the son replied, Well, when I went into that school building and went into each of the classrooms and saw hanging on the wall of each room a figure of a man nailed to wood, I knew they meant business. Well, obviously, this young fella didn't know who was nailed to that wood and certainly why he was nailed to that wood. But one thing was very clear to him. It meant business. God meant business at the cross. And the very severity of what took place at the cross is evidence of the seriousness with with which God took his business. There was no more horrific execution in all of the ancient world than that of crucifixion. The Roman statesman Cicero says, and he witnessed crucifixions, that it was the most terrible and cruel form of execution. He said words cannot even describe its horror. Several years ago, the Journal of the American Medical Association published an article entitled, on the physical death of Jesus Christ. And in this article, they did a medical analysis of the gospel accounts and historical evidence and archaeology 
related to the crucifixion of Christ, trying to determine what was the actual physiological cause of his death. But in this article, the authors comment, Roman crucifixion was, quote, the most perfected form of torture and capital punishment that was designed to produce a slow death with maximum pain and suffering, end quote. A slow death with maximum pain and suffering. Why? Why did Christ endure such a death? I mean, why, if his mission was to die, didn't he just go with a quick and relatively painless death, such as is typical of executions in our country today, lethal injection? And since he came to fulfill all of the Old Testament sacrifices of animals, even those deaths were humane, just a flash of the knife, and it was done. And yet he endures the death of crucifixion, a slow and painful death. Why? Well, we need to understand that upon the cross, Christ is bearing the curse of a broken law. He's bearing the curse of the broken covenant of God. And in the Old Testament, several places, it describes the curses upon those who break God's covenant. Some prime examples are Leviticus chapter 26, the 27th and 28th chapters of Deuteronomy. And these are horrific descriptions of the curses that fall upon those who break God's law. For example, and the list goes on and on, but some of these curses include being sold as slaves, being taken into captivity by the enemy, being passed from one enemy to another, being stripped naked, shamed, mocked, ridiculed, having to carry the heavy yoke upon the shoulders, and eventually death. The curses for the breaking of the covenant of God. And in chapter 27 of Deuteronomy, verse 26, it summarizes the reason for these curses falling upon the people. It says, Cursed is anyone who does not abide by everything written in the law of God to do them. Cursed is everyone. And so here in our text from Galatians chapter 3, Paul builds upon that promise of judgment in the Old Testament, and applies it to all. He says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do do them. He applies this curse to all. And thus it is applied to you, to me, as we have violated the covenant of God, rebelled against his holy will, these curses are our due. And this is why Christ comes. He comes to bear the curse for us, the horrible curses pronounced upon the lawbreakers. And so we see him described in the Gospels 
as being sold as a slave with 30 pieces of silver. He is led away captive by his enemies and kicked from one enemy to another like a soccer ball, from the high priest to Pilate to Herod, back to Pilate to the Roman soldiers. He's stripped naked, shamed, mocked, ridiculed, beaten, and he is forced to carry the yoke of the cross upon his shoulders to Golgotha. He bears the curse. And in Deuteronomy chapter 21, it says the sign of one who is cursed of God is that he is hung on a tree. And so Christ bears the curse of being hung on the tree of the cross, nailed to the wood of the cross. Why? For us, for you. He has borne the curse that you deserved. And so Paul says in verse 13 of our text, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. He became a curse for you, bearing the curse of God's wrath against the broken covenant which you broke in your rebellion. And he takes that from you to redeem you, to restore you, to carry out God's business of redemption of you that you need not fear that wrath of God. The judgment of God is not in your future. It is in your past because it was poured out on Christ who bore the curse of God's wrath against sin fully for us all. That's the business that God took care of at the cross. When I was a pastor in Illinois, I attended some classes at a seminary in the north part of Chicago, and I heard a story about one of the students at that seminary. Interesting story. One summer, in order to earn some money, he took up a job of driving a bus in the city of Chicago, and his route included a very dangerous part of the city in the inner city. And one day, a gang of young men climbed into that bus, assaulted him, robbed the bus fare money from him, his own wallet, pummeled him, beat him to a bloody pulp, knocked out some of his teeth. He was severely injured. Well, fortunately, these assailants were apprehended, arrested, and brought to trial, and this seminarian, the bus driver, was called as a witness. And as he came into that courtroom, he gazed at those assailants and glared at them with bitterness and anger and hatred for what they had done to him. And as he took the witness stand and witnessed against them, they glared at him as he spoke against what they had done. But after that, as the trial continued, he sensed his heart changing from bitterness and anger and hatred towards these men to actually having compassion for them, mercy towards them, love 
towards them. The trial commenced, and they were sentenced, after being found guilty, to time in prison for their assault. But at the end of the trial, the judge allowed this victim to speak a few final words. And he took the opportunity, he stood up, and faced the judge and addressed the judge. He said, Your Honor, I have this request of you. I ask that you total up all of the penalty that has been sentenced upon these men, the time that they are to spend in prison, and then apply that to me. I will take that in their stead so that they go free. Well, you can imagine the silence in the courtroom, the shock. Finally, the judge spoke up and he said, Are you serious, young man? He said, very serious. The judge paused and then replied, No, that can't be done. There's no precedent for this. To which the seminarian replied, In all due respect, Your Honor, I beg to differ. Because 2,000 years ago, a man from Galilee, Jesus of Nazareth, assumed all of the punishment that was due others who had hurt and harmed him. And he bore that punishment for all of them in their place by dying on the cross, substituting for them. Well, of course, the judge did not grant the request. The assailants were incarcerated. But this seminarian then visited them in prison. And a couple of them who had been so impressed by his willingness to substitute himself for them, listened to him, listened to his words, and listened to his words about a greater one who had taken a greater penalty in their behalf, Jesus, the one who suffered and died on the holy cross, bearing the curse for their sin. And this is the message that we now proclaim as well, the message of the Holy Cross, the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, that at the cross, God meant business, and he accomplished his business of redeeming us, redeeming you from the curse of the broken law. Amen.